Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online podcast. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Torre live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. And this week we'll be joined by quarterback trainer and radio host Denny Thompson who will talk new Florida quarterback commit Marcus Stokes. He will also discuss Anthony Richardson, who he also trains in Jacksonville. So uh, a lot of great things to get into with Denny um, and a great conversation with him, Nick. Yeah, um, I've had the chance to talk to him a couple times. Um, just a really humble guy, works hard, um, and, and really cares about the guys that he's training. Um, he has a great relationship with Anthony. Um, the video he put out with Marcus Stokes to announce the commitment. Uh, we'll talk about the peanut butter and broccoli <laughs> with him because uh, that's the elephant in the room to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, really good conversation with him. He's a great guy, and um, he's gonna have he has a, a hand in uh, the success that Florida's gonna have on the field this year. He does. Uh, so we'll talk about some recruiting before we jump into the interview with Denny. When we come back on the other side, we will discuss and preview. SEC Media Days, because the next time you guys see us, we will be back um, and let you guys know what the Aiders had to say. We found out this week who's attending for the Orange and Blue, um, so we'll discuss that as well in the last segment. But let's get into, I think, the most relevant news recently, which was recruiting. The last time Nick and I recorded, uh, it was pre-Marcus Stokes and Trayon Webb. Mm-hmm. So we, we didn't know that was coming. I think a lot of Florida fans didn't know that was coming. Didn't know Stokes had an offer. No, didn't know Stokes had an offer, as we'll learn about from Denny. And um, didn't know that Webb was about to uh, to pop or that he had, um, according to what he said on uh, the uh, the Varsity podcast, shout out to Connor and Sticks, um, a little manipulation going on with some of the crystal balls that he had got put out there. But nonetheless, um, Florida gets two guys from Jacksonville. Um, that I think Penn State expected in their class. Uh, and then the following day, they get uh, a top 50 prospect, their second of the week, um, and Eugene Wilson out of Tampa. That marked four commitments for the week. Um, all you know, guys that are really coveted, ranked high. Um, and, and I think a trio of offensive guys, Nick, really kind of bolstered that class and, and, and I think provided it with some juice that had been lacking. Yeah, uh, so uh, I'll put my my hater hat on. Well, the, what about the linebackers and and you need some offensive linemen? But it's it's really been <laughs> you can't satisfy them all the time, Nick. <laughs> it, it's really been a, a banner couple weeks for Florida. If you look at the top one hundred players that they're getting, the top fifty players yeah. that they're getting, um, top three hundred guys they're getting. I, yeah, and I don't know if this is like a, a if Florida's a like a, a tear it down full rebuild, but there's a bunch of areas. Like you're going to need offensive linemen, but you mm-hmm. also need um, a slot receiver like you mm-hmm. got. You also needed a quarterback. You got that. You you needed running back with needed, Bowman leaving. You probably need two running backs yeah, in this class. Absolutely. And with the family history, the proximity to Gainesville, 
and other guys trending to other schools like Baxter. I mean, right. he was a musket. Webb was. Webb was a musket, and and I had, I had sharpied him into this class, in, yeah. into my mock class. I had sharpied Trey on Webb in months ago, <laughs> and I was starting to feel foolish. I was like rubbing, <laughs> I was trying to rub out the, the sharpie when these crystal balls start coming. Um, I think it would have been, a, it would have been a, a huge. Huge disaster at Florida if he would have yeah. gone to Penn State. And now you're looking at, okay, well, not only did we get him, um, you've got your receiver, you got your quarterback of the class. We've added some – Mike P's doing work. Yeah, <laughs> Mike P's getting edge rusher. So Florida's recruiting, you know, three weeks ago when we taped, uh, the sky was falling. Right now I think Florida's in a great position. They're up to 13 or 14 uh, in our rankings right now. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously throughout the summer and spe- specifically in June – uh, all eyes were on Jaden Rashada. That doesn't work out. Less than two weeks later, they land their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Flip from Penn State. So um, the ability of this staff to come out of the spring with um, Jaden clearly as the guy that they were going to go after first, and then when that doesn't work out, their second guy that they go after, they immediately close on, um, and, and it doesn't drag out. Now you have him committed to come on campus for the recruiting cookout for Friday Night Lights at the end at the end of this month for all of your official visit weekends that you're going to have in, in the games this fall to now be, as we'll hear from, uh, you know, Denny Thompson, be that kind of outgoing personality and that recruiter of the class. And look, I'll be honest, um, it would have been great to get Jaden Rashada. And there's a bunch of positives that um, that he would have provided. Some that I think that Marcus will provide that I don't necessarily know that Jaden would have is just the familiarity with this program, with the state of Florida, with prospects in the state of Florida being that uh, Marcus is from Jacksonville the Jacksonville area should I say um, versus a guy that's all the way out on the west coast um, doesn't really have that connection here doesn't really have the relationships here that's not to say that guys wouldn't have wanted to come play for Rashada but I definitely think that they're going to be able to be recruited by Stokes and he has the type of personality um, and can sell Florida probably as well or better than anybody that he can get guys to commit. So I think it works out for Florida that they not only got a guy with talent, an Elite 11 finalist, someone that uh, James Franklin had committed, but also someone that checks a lot of boxes in terms of what he can do as a recruiter for this class. Um, And that was obviously needed uh, for this bump cycle. Yeah, uh, 100%. And and once you get the quarterback, I think it kind of sets the direction and the standard for your class. And that's something Florida was missing out on. Yeah. Now you have it in Stokes, um, was at the Elite 11, um, a really interesting prospect. And, and like you said, in place for the two big weekends, or the, the big weekend, the yeah. two big events um, here at the end of the July. Yeah, so that is something that we'll be looking forward to and previewing as we get closer to the end of July. But right now we're going to jump to this first break. We'll come back on the other side and be joined by Denny Thompson to talk about Marcus Stokes, but also get a lot of uh, Anthony Richardson discussion with him as well. You're listening to the Gators Online Podcast live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Hi, Steve Spurrier here. You know, making a reservation at my restaurant is easier than a Saturday afternoon homecoming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurriers.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast, and we are now joined by our guest of the week, quarterback trainer Denny Thompson from Six Points Jacks. Denny, appreciate you joining us today, man. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Absolutely, man. Obviously, um, 
you uh, you are working with some guys that Florida fans uh, know pretty well, especially here in the last week. Um, you know, we will get obviously into uh, your work with Marcus Stokes and also Anthony Richardson, but uh, let's get into the most recent news that you got to be a part of uh, Stokes's announcement. Um, what was that like last week to just kind of see him reach that moment in his life and his recruitment um, and be able to become a Florida Gator? It was awesome, man. It was um, it was a wild recruiting story for Marcus, just from the sense of he really does, didn't enjoy recruiting. He thought he was going to, and uh, and you know, very early on realized that it's not as much fun as what he thought it was going to be. And so he went on ahead, you know, committed to Penn State early and loved Penn State. But you know, his dream school was always Florida. And so when that came about a few weeks ago. Uh, you just kind of, I knew at that point, um, after I talked to the staff and realized how much they liked him, I'm like, ah, okay, this recruitment's not done. Um, but it was, you know, what's really cool and what a, lot, what a lot of people don't get to see is you get to see these guys grow up from the sense of that's a big boy phone call for a 17-year-old to make is to mm. call Coach Franklin and say, you know what, I'm not coming. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I could have done it at 17. Hell, I don't know if I can do it now. Right. So it's it's cool to see that part. And uh, and then obviously, you know, be a small part of a kid realizing his dream, which is play at University of Florida. And then obviously, you know, you've been helping a lot of kids uh, realize their dream with, with quarterback uh, training. Denny, uh, before we get into some of the guys that you've worked with and, and more specifically, Anthony and Marcus, um, talk to us about your journey, um, you know, how you got into football um, and then your path to kind of into quarterback training and working with all these guys that you have. Yeah, man. I, I always love talking about my story because it, it's like I failed my way here. There was, you know, never the intent was never when I got done with school to be a quarterback trainer. Um, I was in the finance business. And um, when 2008 hit, it just took me out of the business altogether. And I'd been coaching. And so I went I dove a little bit deeper into coaching. And, um, you know, when we started this thing, it's, 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 it's easy to say now, but we, we had nothing like we lost everything in 08. We were, we were homeless. We were living on couches of friends and family members and stuff like that. And so it's a story really for me of, I don't really know how I got here. And the only explanation is it's a passion. I love it, but I wasn't going in the path that God wanted me to go. And so he humbled me and put me right here. And so, you know, since that's happened, it's just been, uh, you know, growth after growth after growth. And, and I enjoy the education aspect. I, I love learning about how people throw things efficiently, whether it's, you know, football, baseball, whatever it is. And so, it's, you know, I'm, I travel all over the country now training the best quarterbacks in the world. I mean, I don't even I, I was telling my wife last night. I'm like, I don't know how this happened, but I, I'm grateful for it. It's funny. They, they say God will never give you more than you can carry. Uh, so you're probably sitting there in 2008 thinking, well, this is over. <laughs> what do we got going on now? And, and from that point to, to be living this life that you're living now where it's not really work other than uh, having to sit in, in airport terminals and, and deal with delays. <laughs> other than that, it's not work. No, man, you're right. It, it's, it is really – I never understood people who were kind of living their dreams talking about how humbling it is. But now I'm here and I get it. I get it. It's like it's super humbling to know that – to think that – man, I'm I, like, this is what I do for a living. And I, and I make a good living doing it. Um, and so it's, you know, again, I wish I had the 
secret to success. I don't in this business. I just, I think I got really lucky and I worked my ass off. Like there was, you know, both of those things. Um, but when you have guys walk through the door, like we've had walk through the door, you know, you just try not to screw them up. Kevin O'Sullivan always tells me that he says, uh, good baseball players make me look like a lot better coach. I'm like, yeah, that, <laughs> that makes right. sense. That makes sense. No, that's right. As you got more involved into to quarterback training, Denny, how did it evolve? Like, um, how did you build those connections and your reputation and your clientele? Um, how did some of the big breaks happen for you along the way uh, to where you were able to get to the point that you could open up uh, six points jacks? Yeah, it, it, slowly. I mean, it you know, time flies. Um, days are long, years are short type of deal. Um, but, it, you know, looking back, I mean, it's it's been a while now, but to start this thing, you do it for free and, and you – you know, you help families. And that's kind of where this thing started is I did a bunch of stuff for a little bit of money. Um, and we had some success. And I quickly realized that it's not football that I love, it's the journey that I love. And it's the process. And that's when I realized, okay, I got something here because there's nothing better for me. I love my family and, and they're with me all the time at the facility, but there's nothing better for me than to just see that growth. And we'll talk about Marcus and his growth has been unbelievable and it is guys it is the coolest thing in the world to see it's it's seeing guys that you know when they're ninth graders they're little twigs and they're sitting here telling you hey i'm, I'm gonna play at the university of florida one day and then you turn around and dang you know what they are and that's that's just a really cool thing now uh, when's the first time that you met anthony richardson and, and what was your immediate impressions yeah and um Ansel high school coach um said was on me forever about getting down to Gainesville. So we lined that up his 10th grade year. Um, and we've all seen kind of that transformation picture of Anthony from, you know, that time <laughs> to the next year. But you knew really early on that the guy had, you know, an incredible talent and skill set. Uh, for the very first time I saw him throw, which was literally just that. It was to say, hey, I'm going to just play catch with me and I'm just going to observe you for a little while. Um, it was one of those rare moments where, where you watch somebody and you're like, okay, th this guy's got a legit and real chance. And I tell people this all the time. It's, it's like you look at Anthony and you watch him move and, and you get to know the kid and how smart he is. And you realize that he was made to be a quarterback. And it's, it's like if you were going to mix everything up and say, how do, how do I build the perfect quarterback? It would come out something like Anthony. Now, there's still things that, he needs to work on and there's, you know, there's some, there's some pressures that he hasn't felt yet, but man, to have that baseline to work with guys is, uh, it's, it's scary good. And, and I'll say it again. Like I look at my job with Anthony as I'm just a resource and let's just not mess this up. <laughs> don't, don't mess it up. Um, some of the things that I think Dan Mullen had mentioned about Anthony, um, and then Anthony even, you know, to a degree agreed, um, it's just the maturity. And I remember um, I spoke with him after um, the news about his um, speeding ticket became public. And I was like, listen, man, there, it's, I've, I've, I've done more. I've, like, I've, I've driven faster. Just nobody cared because I wasn't the quarterback at Florida. And I think that's probably part of the maturation process is just knowing, like, okay, I'm going to be held to a different standard. Um, what, how have you seen him grow? I guess from the first time just as a, uh, as a person from the first time you met him until now, as he's starting to realize, hey, I'm on a different stage now as the starting quarterback at the University of Florida? Yeah, that's a great question, man, because I think there's so many parts of that. I think, 
you know, you just mentioned it. We all look back at when we were that age and it's, man, if I'd have had that level of celebrity and I'd have had that level of, of ability. I would have been Johnny Manziel. I would have absolutely wasted it away. And now you put it on top of that, that, that you're getting money too, man. I mm-hmm. like, I, I would ruin my life. And, but the thing with, the thing with Anthony and our, our focus this season, really since December, when he, when he got hurt and had the surgery, mm-hmm. our focus has been, let's, let's try to get a little uncomfortable from a leadership perspective, because I think a lot of his quietness and the way he was introverted and, and all that kind of stuff was a little bit covered in, in maybe some insecurities and uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. And so let, let's try to flip that script. And and we put a piece out on him a couple of weeks ago, mic'd up and, yeah. I think it was so per- I think it was so perfect because it shows the change in Anthony between last football season and this football season and he's a he's a happy guy and he works hard and guys now want to be around him and, he, and the bigger thing is he wants to be around other guys. He's always been he's never been cocky, he's just been really introverted and I think as he's matured and those insecurities have kind of, you know, drifted away and he's realized, you know, I'm I'm the starting quarterback for the University of Florida and I have, you know, a, a first round grade it's like, okay, now let me just play. And and mm-hmm. I think it's had the opposite effect of what people would think it would have on, on a guy that age. It hasn't put pressure on him. Mm-hmm. It's actually freed him up to go, I can do this, and other people see that I can do this. And and now let's let's absolutely rip it up. You me- you mentioned right now you you uh feel like he seems more happy than he was last season. Um obviously he went through a, a lot uh during the 2021 um from a personal standpoint, from a team standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, um, as his trainer, from your perspective, what was it like seeing him go through that? How do you feel like he dealt with some of those challenges um, and some of those unhappy times? Yes, tough. Anthony's like, uh, I mean, Anthony's legit like one of my kids. Um, you know, we have, we have guys that we work with, and then we have core groups of, of our guys. And, you know, those guys, they're not – busy there in the facility and so anthony's one of those and so just to to see him struggle with that combination of success injury personal things he's going through all that you know this guy's 6'4 240 but you there's still that piece of it that just wants to just like hug him and go dude you're you're eight you're 19 like you, you you shouldn't have all this figured out and this is life and like you said a second ago it's just magnified, right? And but it, it was it was tough. But I, I also think he would say this now. I, I think looking back on it, um, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to him because he he came out the other side, you know, a much better football player, a, a much better person. And he's always been a great person. Um, but he understands now that platform and the value of that platform. And so I mm. I, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't change anything. I didn't go through it. He did. I wouldn't change anything because it did mature him very, very quickly. It's almost like um, totally different, but almost like uh, in 2008 with you, that was maybe a humbling experience for him, a chance to step back, uh, take stock of what's going on, what's important, how do I get here? Um, And and like you said, when you get through something like that, um, you're going to be more mature and and more wise uh, moving forward. We talked about that. Uh, He and I talked about that a lot. Um, you know, in, in like 2015, we went through some health issues. My wife had cancer and it was just a bad, bad time. And so we, we talked about, you know, what life does, right. And, and when you think you're on the other side, 
something that you can't control can come up and bite you. And so it's, you know, I think that's the lesson is for him is I, what I can control, I want to be excellent in and I want to be prudent in what I can't control. I, I just, I can't let that control me. And, sure. and so it's, I, I think that's, you know, we're just, we're just starting to see the Anthony Richardson that the world's going to get to know mm. here in the next couple of years. And it's, it's really, really exciting. Like the, his leadership qualities have just absolutely taken off and exploded this off season. And I, and I cannot wait to see what that looks like on the field. We're talking with Denny Thompson, quarterback trainer from Six Points uh, Jacks. A few more things on Anthony, Denny, before we, we get into Marcus. Um, going back to last season, specifically with the quarterback situation that he was in with Emory, um, there was so much, um, I guess, miscommunication, I, or I don't know how else, to, you know, things were misframed um, in terms of, how hurt Anthony really was and, you know, the reluctance that it seemed like um, from Dan Mullen to, to play him um, or, or maybe to just stick with Emory too long. What was just your perspective on that um, and, and how Anthony dealt with some of those frustrations specifically? Yeah, man, that's a good question because I think there's a couple different angles from that. One, I think that there was – there got to a point where there was just a high level of dysfunction at Florida last year. I mean, let's just let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think anybody was overly comfortable um, in Gainesville. Um, but, you know, specifically with the Anthony Emery thing, and I, and I work with Emory now, and, you know, to hear them kind of say it, it was just two different skill sets. Those two guys that you had to pick the talent, right? You had to pick which one you wanted to go to. And, and, and Coach Mullen decided that he was more comfortable, more confident, in Emory early on. And, and I get it. I understand it. Emory had more snaps and, and he's a, he's a super talented player. So I completely understand that. Um, you know, I think if you had it to do all over again, you try to get Anthony more snaps, knowing what the future is, seeing that last year was just a lost year anyway. Um, but I, I, again, I, I don't, there's a lot of things that happened last year that I look at and I scratch my head and go, how does that happen? That's not one of them. Like, I, I completely understand how you how you can how you can stick with Emory as long as they did. Um, and I was never really upset about that. I was like everybody else. I wanted to see Anthony because he's exciting to watch. But at the end of the day, um, they played in some pretty big time games uh, with a lot at stake. And so I think they just went with what they trusted there. But it was just like like it was like fans calling for him to start, calling for him to start. And then he finally gets the call. and It's against number one, Georgia. It was like. Um, not good I went back and that. I went back and watched that because you know he didn't find out he was starting until like two days before that game, and so I made the trip to Gainesville late on like a Wednesday night. I think is when he found out he was starting, and then obviously we all saw the game, and and you know you hated to see that for him. But going back and watching that film, I, what Georgia was doing defensively in that game, like I, I don't think anybody could have handled I, I mean they were it was unbelievable schematically what they were dialing up defensively in that Florida Georgia game so it, it's it's experience and I've told him a million times like you're you're probably in your career never going to see that level of talent and that scheme put together the way it was and so the, the, the worst is probably behind you now speaking of Florida Georgia um, we may get to a point here in the near future uh, Denny where we see um, two of your guys that you train 
facing off in that game and uh, Carson Beck and, and, and uh, Anthony Richardson. Um, I want to take you down memory lane one more time before we uh, get into Marcus. Um, because I, 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 oh, God, this up. sounds like a trap, Danny. It sounds like a trap. It might be a trap, but I want to get his opinion on this because he was so close to it. I've always said for all the credit that Dan Mullen gets as a quarterback guru, and he is, there's three things that he did at Florida in hindsight that were just baffling to me. You know, um, number one was letting Matt Corral walk. Um, yep. Number two was not going with Kyle Trask from the get-go. Um, and number three, and this is kind of falls into just making a, you know, misjudging the, the quarterback room or the quarterback recruiting. Um, going after Carson Beck when you had Anthony Richardson committing and almost risking not losing him. You know what I mean? And it can be, imagine if Anthony Richardson wasn't at Florida right now because of if how Florida mismanaged that. What was your whole take on Florida going after Carson Beck after they had Richardson on board? And what was that like for you as a guy that was training both of these guys? The most awkward day in my professional career. Was <laughs> That's why Florida, I asked, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Was when Florida decided that they were going to have Anthony and Carson visit on the same day. And, and I was there and, you know, I felt so bad for Brian Johnson. Brian's a good friend of mine now. And I think the world of Brian, but to see him trying to maneuver around those two alphas right there who are still actively being recruited. And, and at the time, like, I mean, I think Carson was like the number three quarterback in the country. Like it was, so it was, it was super awkward. Now I will say this, and I, I won't say too much about the behind the scenes, but Anthony and Carson and Jeff Sims have trained together since they were, you know, in 10th grade. Mm. Um, and so there was that. I never really thought that Florida was at risk of missing on both because I felt like their communication between the two of them was good. And and so it's, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it was a risk on paper, but it, in reality, it really never was. But it was ridiculously awkward unnecessary um and and it and it put a lot of pressure on a lot of people and we all know this florida fans aren't always reasonable and so all of a no, sudden are you whatever kidding whatever do you mean Denny? whatever do you mean <laughs> all of a sudden you know florida fans now it goes from oh yeah we're happy with the homegrown guy to we want both mm-hmm. and so it was just a really weird time um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I never understood it from Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson's standpoint. And I was vocal about that and not just because they were both, you know, guys that, that I worked with and was close with, but the skill sets didn't even match up. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, okay, what, what, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish here? Because if whoever wins the job, the backup, this before the transfer portal really got on off and popping, but the backup doesn't even have the same skill set as the starter. So I don't understand what we're doing here. So it, it never really made sense to me. But I said this at the time, both Florida and Georgia won because the quarterback that needed to go to each did. Yeah. And y'all, Carson is a dog. Carson is when Carson gets on the field, you're that that dude is a first round pick. And I'll put money on that. He is that good. And Anthony's the same way. And so I'm just glad that it didn't work out to where, you know, one of them was sitting behind the other. It's going to be awkward for you again, potentially in Jacksonville this season. <laughs> just, hey, man, I just want a lot of points. We get 
we get that. I mean, we've been lucky. We get that, you know, every Saturday on in major college football, we have two of our guys playing and uh, I just, I don't care who wins. I just want a ton of points. Rooting for points. Um, I've been, um, I, I was, I, I thought super highly of Anthony, but I was answering some questions for our Georgia site. Um, and like halfway through answering him, I'm like, you're, I'm talking about this kid like he is the Heisman front runner. I'm like <laughs> I, that, I, so I almost didn't realize like how how much bought in I am to Anthony. Um, just from from your standpoint, and we have all seen the physical characteristics. I think Zach would need 30 yard head start and a 40 yard dash to beat Anthony <laughs> in a race. Um, and, and you've you've spoken to his leadership and, and his maturity growing. Um, what do you think, what, is there a limit? What do you think Anthony Richardson can accomplish and the Gators can accomplish on the field this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a limit. I, I, you know, when we came to the offseason, especially when we started to hear what NFL scouts thought about him, mm. it, made us, it made us take a real step back and go, okay, Anthony, do you throw the football like a top five pick? And he's always been fluid and smooth, but that answer was, was at the time, probably not. Probably there was like, I've seen top five picks and they rip every single ball, right? Like they're, hmm. it, it, it's they're top five for a reason. And so we really dug into mechanics and dug into specifically his body and how he should throw a football because it's, it's different for everybody. Everybody's built differently. And we, we found the, the places where he, gets power from and and how do we get control and how do we consistently be able to 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 have the same patterning over and over and over again once we figure that out guys he throws like a top five pick Hmm. yeah i think you know we all heard what happened at the manning passing academy Hmm. and there were four or five little tweaks the few weeks before and i've been down in gainesville a lot this offseason and all of a sudden it just all fell into place Hmm. and it was I just I looked at him one day. I was like, "Okay, dude, like this is this this is good stuff. Like now you're throwing the ball with violence, and <laughs> you know exactly where the ball's going, and you're still smooth. Like that was the thing. I didn't want to lose this fluidity, um, and so we worked, you know, a couple of new patterning things, and and we got a couple other um, experts involved." And, and I'm excited about the product that's about to go out on the field because I, I, I think if he were, for some reason, if they changed the rules of football and said the quarterback cannot run the football, Anthony would still be a first-round talent. And that mm. was our goal this year. And I tell you what, I, I felt like I saw a difference in his throwing motion and delivery in the spring game. I saw yep. the ball coming out of his hand and on some of those series. I was like, he was not throwing the ball like this last year. Um, yeah, and you're right. No, you're, you're right. And, and like where we were in the spring with him and I'm not trying to hype him up. I I'm really just being completely honest on this. What, what the Anthony Richardson you saw in the spring, we were about 30% through that process. We're, we're probably 80% through it now. And I, I think he's throwing the ball remarkably better than what he was throwing it in the spring. Hmm. That's great to hear. I know Florida fans are excited to uh, see that. I know they're also excited to see Marcus Stokes, the new uh, quarterback commit <laughs> for the 2023 class. Uh, Denny, when's the first time that you met Marcus? He moved here from Maryland, his, I think his ninth grade year. And uh, somebody referred him to me. And so I was like, I, I, 
I don't know who this kid is. So I just put him in our generalized group training that we used to do back then. And he comes walking up and he's like tiny. I'm like, oh, what in the world do we have? But he was hysterical from like the very first time. I'm like, oh, okay. I like this kid. So we're going to keep him around a little bit. And then I saw him throw a football and it was just like, wow, like th this kid's got a level of creativity in the way he throws the football and, and a range of arm angles that even young like that, it was like, okay, we can have some fun with this kid. And, and so that, that was the first time I saw him and just kind of seeing him grow um, physically and, and talent wise has been so much fun. And Marcus is one of my favorite guys. I, I compare Marcus. There's a guy that plays now at Western Kentucky was at West Florida before name um, Austin Reed and Austin, anytime he would walk in the facility, it didn't matter who was in there, NFL college, who it was. When he walked in the facility, things felt different. Like he brought this energy, he had this presence that he didn't bring everybody up to his level. He brought them up to the best they could be without even trying. Marcus has that exact same thing. Mm. Everybody loves Marcus. Everybody wants to train with Marcus. Everybody wants to be around Marcus. And every single time he walks in that facility, the kid brings it. And he laughs doing it. He smiles doing it. And it's not a silliness. It is he just loves the game of football. And so anytime I can be around that guy, I want to be around that guy. And then when that guy has talent, man, watch out. That guy's dangerous. And so I, I, that's the part I think Florida fans are going to fall in love with, with Anthony or with Marcus. His personality is off the charts fun. That's awesome. And then obviously he, he talked about this when he announced, but, you know, the, it, he's always had the goal to go to Florida uh, once his kind of recruitment got going. Um, take us back to what that was like to, to help him through that process of, getting himself out there, earning scholarship offers, um, and, and, and then initially you know, going through the spring trying to figure out what his best options were because he did come to Florida and take a visit in March uh, before committing to Penn State. He did. He did. Uh, he's, he's unique in that because I'm sure you all have seen his film, right? And yeah. when you watch his film, you, I think most people come away and go, oh, he's fun. But what you don't say is, oh, he's powerful. Right. And so when he went to Florida, Florida had never seen him throw in person. And so they didn't offer it. And uh, everybody that saw Marcus throw in person offered. It. And so when he was playing in a seven on seven, I, I, I talked to Ryan. This was you know a few weeks ago. I'm like, I'm glad you are going to see Marcus throw in person. I think he's locked into Penn State. But I want you all to know I'm not crazy. And, you know, 10 minutes into that seven on seven. You know, Ryan calls me. He's like, you, you got to be kidding. Ryan O'Hara calls me like, man, this kid rips it. So there's a level of smoothness that almost hurt his recruiting because people didn't realize like how powerful it was. Because it kind so of I, looks I, effortless. Like you, you don't really get the full sense of his powerful arm watching on film because you're like, oh, that's a cool arm angle, or oh, he made that right. off balance throw, and right, right. It's kind of like I compare it, and I'm not comparing the kid to this, but it's like if you didn't know who Aaron Rodgers was and he didn't have the history that he has. And you just watched him play, you'd be like, oh, that looks fun, right? But you wouldn't be blown away because everything's different. You don't know how to look at that, how to process that. Mm -hmm. That's Marcus. That's Marcus. And and I, what was interesting is is uh, when they were making playoff runs last year, Coach Whittemore at Buholz, I trained Creed, who's also in Florida, but as a receiver, mm -hmm. he called me the week they were playing. He's like, yo, this kid is really stinking good. And so you start to see people who 
we're really studying him start to realize, wait, this kid's got something special. Um, and I think Florida, once they saw it in person, as they were giddy about Marcus. And this was before the whole Rashada thing, right? Like they were legitimately excited and giddy and, okay, what do we have to do here to get him? We don't want to just offer him. We want to get him, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, once you see Marcus throw in person, it just – it, it almost shocks you a little bit. Now, he he talked about this when he announced, but he, he said that going into that seven-on-seven camp, uh, he wasn't thinking anything about the coaches that were going to have their eyes on him. I mean, but in the back of his mind, I mean, like, did you have that conversation with him? Did he, did, did it seem like that was an opportunity, or was that, was that, was that really not his mindset going into it? No, it really wasn't. It, it really wasn't. I talked to him the night before. I didn't even know he was no one until the night before. And his dad called me. He's like, hey, we're going to Florida tomorrow. And his dad looks very wise now. He's like, he's like, man, I, I just have a feeling. Because they were so locked into Penn State. And, and his dad almost didn't go. It was almost one of those things where it's like, you don't want your kid to be disappointed. They passed on you one time. And so they almost didn't go. And then, wow. you know, I think when he went and, and just kind of got the vibe from the staff and saw their reactions and how different it was from in March. And, uh, and, and I had a you know great conversation with coach Napier about him. And I think that was when it got serious because I've mentioned this before because he, they're literally Alabama, Ohio state Clemson. I don't care who it is. There's not another offer in the country that could have moved him off of Penn state. And so it, you know, I'm happy for the kid, but you know, at the same time, it added a lot of drama to his life. And then he went straight from there to Elite Eleven, and I think that weighed on him while he was at Elite Eleven quite a bit. Of, of man, these people are asking me all these questions about Penn State. I don't know what I'm going to do, but at the same time, I don't want to feel like I don't want it to seem like I'm wishy-washy. So it, again, 17-year-old having to make, having to think on his feet and and, and make decisions. It's 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 a quick way to mature. Have to make a, a grown man decision, like you said, a grown man phone call um, and, at 17 years old. How much did you continue to hear from Florida that day on at the seven? Like, did they like give you updates, like in terms of well, the offer? Well, it was interesting because I had Anthony. It was the day before Anthony left for Manny, and so Anthony was up in Jacksonville all day, and so we the conversations a lot of the time were about Anthony. So I, I talked to somebody on the Florida staff probably four or five times that day. And, uh, and so we tried to keep it on Anthony, but, but once we got onto Marcus, it became apparent that that offer was, you know, right around the corner. And the way that they offered him was actually interesting. Like, I mean, it, it was, we wanted, we don't want to just offer the kid. We want to get him. So how do we, how do we let this kid know that he is not our fifth choice, that this is who we want? Um, and, and I think they did that beautifully and made him feel you know very comfortable how did how did they offer him what was special about it uh well it was a ton of conversations man to the point where i actually started getting a little annoyed um (laughs) and and even you know told you know coach o'hara i'm like all right guys this is like we we got to do it or not but it was you know the 707 and then a you know a couple of conversations to gauge each other's interest and then coach napier is a What's the word I'm looking for? A very particular evaluator at the quarterback position. 
And so there were conversations and there were, you know, a trip back down there to just all meet face to face. And, and then, you know, even then it was another day, it was a staff meeting and it was, okay, this is, this is where we're going to go. And then we didn't even, uh, Marcus or none of us said anything about the offer. Yeah. He sat on it for like a week. Yeah. They offered and we talked about it and Marcus had not posted any other offer out of respect to Penn state. And he said, I'm going to do the same thing with this. And I'm going to go to elite 11 and I'm going to enjoy myself there. And then we'll make a decision. And so I don't even, you know, nobody knew he had an offer until he committed. I don't think. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. That's true. You guys kept it under wraps, Denny. We did. We did. We did. I didn't think it was going to happen. I honestly, you know, I'll apologize to the Florida staff. I thought they were going to leak it because of the week before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was a bad week, Denny. They're going to leak this, and they didn't. They respected Marx's wishes, and and again, another sign of maturity. Like I think most guys sprint to social media when they get their their dream offer. Sure, but as 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 careful as Florida was, Marcus was equally equally as careful in his decision making, and just the, I think more the optics to try to be so respectful of of Penn State and what you know he he had learned to love about them. And then Marcus goes out there and outperforms Jaden Rashad at the Elite Eleven. That wasn't bad either. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I said this to Marcus. I'll say it to y'all. I, I was a little disappointed in Marcus's performance at Elite Eleven. Um, and I, he would say it. He was got there the first night, had a great night, and I don't, you know, he's never traveled like that, and didn't take into account the uh, humidity or lack thereof, and his hand started cracking and it was just a lot. It was a lot of things. And well, so he had, I, a, he had a lot on his mind. He's weighing his college decision. Why he's out there. There was, there was that, but you know, I really, when he, when he went out there, I thought, I thought he was a top five guy in that class of the people that were there. Right. Nico wasn't there and Arch wasn't there. So I thought, okay, Marcus is in the top five of this thing. Um, and he'll say, he's like, you know, listen there, I, they put me right where I needed to be. I did not perform well on the pro day uh, or the second day. Days one and three were fantastic. But day two, which is where you make your money in that, he, he'll admit he just did, he didn't have his best day. Mm. What was Anthony's re- reaction to, to Marcus joining Florida's class? He loved, it. he loved it. That was actually funny. He was at Manning Passing Academy, and he texts me, and he's like, yo, they're going to they're gonna offer Marcus. And I was like, I, th- I think so. And he was like, no, I'm telling you, they're going to offer Marcus. And, uh, and so they, they don't, they're not close, but they have a good relationship. And I'll go back to that, you know, just everybody loves Marcus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the first things Marcus said after he got the offer, he's like, if I come here, Anthony and I are doing a song together. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know what that means, but knock yourself out and have some fun with it. So we're working um, hopefully next week we'll be putting out some stuff of a, of a session that they want to do together. A, a studio session. All right, let's go. I'm down. <laughs> Listen, I got a training. Zach, Zach's got a, a music career of his I, own. I so got Zach's bars too, to Denny. So I, Zach's trying to produce well, come that. On, man. Come on, I'll, I'll watch. I'm not going to participate. But now, now listen, we know, we know who's the better, uh, we know who's the better quarterback right now. He's obviously got some years uh, on Marcus, but who's the better rapper? That's what we want to know. Jeez, I don't know what makes a good rapper. I know that makes me old, but like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't, 
I, I'm gonna have to go with Ant right now because Ant puts more effort into it. Marcus yeah. is doing his thing in like a closet, right? Like yeah, Ant's got Ant's got real deal music out. That's you know hitting. Uh, yeah, he's got studio time. He's got studio snaps uh, ahead of Marcus. Yes. Right, right, right. But it'll be fun to hear both of them and and the two of them. I think we're gonna do a thing where they just interview each other. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and so listen, I think that's huge too. And, and it played of Marcus having that resource of kind of knowing what he's gonna get into, right? If you look at Florida's quarterback room, I you know, I, I think when you look at every offer he had, I think that's maybe the most attractive quarterback room from the standpoint of you don't know what's gonna happen after Anthony. I'm not saying it's gonna be Marcus. I, I personally think they'll go transfer portal again. Mm-hmm. But you know, if 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 Marcus gets there, throws on the weight that he needs to throw on, and continues to play, he'll be the starting quarterback at the University of Florida the next three years. All right, and I need to address the elephant in the room because uh, I almost I almost wrote Marcus off completely <laughs> as a player, okay. as a human. Um, the interview you did with him, broccoli yeah. and <laughs> peanut butter, broccoli and peanut butter. Can we just talk about that, Denny? Uh, and if we get Marcus on the podcast, I told Zach, I'm like, listen, we're gonna try it. But that was one of the craziest food combinations I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it, it was funny. His mom and dad were in the background. And, his, and when he said that, his mom goes, you eat that? <laughs> like, he couldn't believe it. And then it was a topic of conversation when we finished. I wish, and I, maybe we'll do it another time, but the outtakes from that interview, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I sat there and laughed for, for so long. And we just didn't have time to put everything in it. Because he decided he wanted to commit, and we were like, okay, right when this happens, we need to drop something that shows his personality. And so mm-hmm. that day was crazy. We put all that together in about 45 minutes. Wow. That was great. And, yeah. and like you said, between between that video and the mic'd up that you put out of yeah. Anthony last week, it's just uh, great to get to know these guys. Um, final question for you, Denny. We really appreciate the time today. We know you're on the road training. Yeah, man. Um, but want to take it back to the beginning. Um kind of talking about your journey. Um, if you could have told yourself back in 2008 that everything that you were going through, that, you know, 15 years later almost, you'd be out going across the country training Kirk Herbstreet's son and having two quarterbacks going to the University of Florida. Um, can you have imagined ascending the way that you have? No, I, man, I got – I'm not even exaggerating. The hair standing up on my arm right now and it's it's uh recently i think i've i've been able to take a deep breath and and really appreciate it and we're not done like i mean that's the thing is i'm more excited about the next five years because of some of the stuff that's happened for us um but just man i don't even know how to answer that i'm just so grateful like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's 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 legitimate thankfulness and I don't know how else to put it because when you think when you put this at its really at its core, what's happened now we don't we don't take many quarterbacks anymore, but the ones we do take, we're asking that family to put an extreme level of trust into us, mm-hmm. and just the fact that we're at a point where people are seeking us out before they really even get to know us because they trust us based on our past results. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the most um, eye-opening thing when you realize that you're being invited into a person's family 
for the better part of hopefully 10 to 15 years, man. It's, it's, as I don't mean to be boring with the answer, but I, I don't, I never imagined it being like this. I knew because we're doing a lot of things that's never been done. Like this is a new industry. Yeah. Um, so all I can do at this point is, is, is just be thankful for it and, and be diligent with it and just keep working. Right. I mean, it's, 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 you know, the dopest part is my success depends like 100% on other people being successful. <laughs> yeah. Like but that is a lot of your it, success it, comes from what you just said. It's not, you're not just the trainer. It's like, Hey, we're, uh, we have a two hour session on Wednesday. I'll see you there. Just in your answer, you said these people are inviting me to be a part of their family. And I think the care yep. that you have for the player, it, it supersedes the, Hey, I, I I don't care if you go 15 and win the Heisman. Sure, that'd be awesome. But I'm trying to develop you as a player and get the best out of you, talk to you as a man, develop you as a, as a person. I think that just hearing your answer is probably what differentiates you from, from a lot of trainers that are just doing the training, you know, three, four, five hours a week. Well, here's what I know. Here, and this isn't even up for debate. What I know is I'm not qualified to have this as much success in this business. <laughs> and so there's, there's something bigger at play here. Right. And so I will never be so obnoxious to make this. I did this or I did that because mm -hmm. I I'm not I didn't make Anthony Richardson 6'4", 240. Yeah. Right. Anthony Richardson would have never met me. Anthony Richardson was still be elite. So I, I, I think it's very I think it's very. Um, I, I don't I don't want to say what I really want to say. I think it's silly when a when a quarterback trainer or any type of trainer tries to latch on and take credit for a guy. Like I, I mean, it, it, unless they have a higher power than I do, I, I don't understand <laughs> how you. That's awesome. And, and listen for uh, for the folks out there listening, Denny, that that have some young up and comers that uh, that want to get some quarterback training. Uh, where can folks find you, follow you, uh, and, and come out to Six Points Jacks? Yeah, I think just social media, Six Points Jacks, or at Denny underscore Thompson on Twitter, Denny Thompson Jacks on Instagram, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we we're, we always love to evaluate talent. And uh, and we don't always work with people not, not based off talent, but based off of what we know it takes. When a kid comes in and says, I want to play at Florida, uh, are you sure? Like, are you really sure you want to play at Florida? And if, if if you'll do this and you have a talent that we don't feel like you're going to be wasting your time or money, then we'll work with you. Um, and it doesn't have to be a Florida, right? It can be, I want to be the starter at my high school. That's still a grind these days. And so it, we always love meeting new guys and, and, and evaluating that talent, even if it does, even if it doesn't mean that we work with them. There's a lot of kids that we've had come through that are now training with someone else that I keep up with just, and I'm, I'm pulling for him. Like I'm, yeah. I'm super pulling for him. Just, just because it didn't work out with us doesn't mean I don't want it to work out. It's just a numbers game. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, we're, we're glad it worked out with you this week. I know you're on the road. Um, you've had a busy uh, past couple weeks training and, and obviously dealing with Marcus's recruitment. So uh, hopefully you get a, a chance to uh, catch your breath before the fall, man. Oh, man, I'll catch it Utah week. I'll be there. <laughs> Crazy week. Crazy week. We got guys playing all over the country. So I'm hitting – three different games in three different days. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait, guys. Like, But I'll be there ready to go. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, we, we appreciate the time. Sure. Uh, congratulations on everything you've accomplished, man, and keep up the great work. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys. It's awesome.
Absolutely. Thanks, We're going to jump to uh, this final break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap up the Gators Online podcast. Looking for more reasons to celebrate? We have them here at Celebration Point. Enjoy some of the newest additions to our already celebratory lineup, like Dave & Buster's, Le Macaron, and Prime and & Pearl. There's always a reason to celebrate. Join us anytime for any occasion. Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. Appreciate Denny for joining us in the last segment. Uh, just great stuff from him yeah. about Anthony and and Marcus, and uh, one of those guys that Anthony is going to be throwing to this season has uh, been awarded the number one jersey. Mm. Um, first reported at Gators Online that Arizona State transfer Ricky Pearsall will be uh, the new number one on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you got Brent Cox Jr. coming back as number one on defense, but uh, Copeland moved on to Maryland, and that jersey opened up, and uh, Billy Napier has assigned it to uh, – his latest addition to the wide receiver room. That's what do you a, think about it, Nick? That's a long line of people at, at your door as a coach, <laughs> all asking the same thing. Um, so Billy just said, you know what, I'm not even going to let it get to that. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm pick a guy and deal with it. Uh, I don't think numbers are a huge deal. I, I love them. I, I, I was a kid in, in high school. I could tell you who was wearing what number and why that was significant. I think at the University of Florida, a tradition had started with Urban Meyer. Um, I don't know that it went much farther back, so it's not a huge, long tradition, but I'm of the opinion that the number one at the University of Florida now is special, um, and it should be earned. Um, mm -hmm. You look at the guys that have had it. When Urban was here, it, it started with Reggie Nelson. Yeah, who was 32. Playmaker. Um, Percy Harvin. Who was number eight. Uh, Vernon Hargreaves. Number 16. Um, who else? John Bostic. I think uh, it was 52 before. Yeah, and then uh, Chris Rainey was number three. Chris Rainey was three. So there's a long line of you have to earn that number. Even recently, um, Kadarius Tony was four before one. Kadarius Tony was like 18? Yeah, 17. 17? Uh, C.J. Henderson was five. Mm -hmm. Even Brent Cox Jr. was six when he first mm -hmm. transferred to Florida. Um, it took him some time to get that number one. So um, interesting that Pearsall got it before even practicing. Um, clearly, I, I think, is a bold message um, – that it sends, I think, about what this staff thinks of him and what he can bring to this offense. but um, Or that they just don't care about it. Or they don't the care, numbers. but I I mean, I did some asking around before reporting this and, and just got some feelers on this. And uh, one person uh, did say something along the lines of, he's that guy. So He is him. Um, we'll see. Slick season one is what we're looking forward mm. to. That's a new uh, Twitter handle from Ricky Pearsall. So, look, I, I think that Billy's... You know, whether he doesn't care about the tradition, he's definitely familiar with it. I think he knows if you're going to have that number, you got to be a baller. Um, and if you're going to go to SEC Media Days, you got to be a baller. Mm -hmm. And we found out this week the three guys that are going to be heading to Atlanta. Um, I think one we expected, and we just talked to a couple weeks ago in Ventrell Miller. Also, think we expected Anthony Richardson to make the trip and Richard Garage, number three. Uh, protecting uh, Richardson from the blind side. He's also going to make the trip for the Gators. And uh, first-year uh, coach Billy Napier, first time uh, addressing all the media members that cover the league. And um, what, do, what do you think some of them are going to have, what questions they're going to have for this, uh, this Gator squad? Um, how do you build Florida back? How does, how's it gotten to this? Uh, <laughs> can you beat Georgia? Is Florida's lost to Kentucky two of the last four years? You have to play them right after Utah. A lot of questions that Billy's not going to be thrilled with. 
Um, a lot of questions he's not going to care about either. He's going to get asked about conference re- realignment, yep. and I can promise you he's not going to offer I, any answers. I can almost give you word for word what he's saying that because we've heard it you know, yeah. four or five times now. Um, interesting to me, though, not super interesting because, like, Anthony Richardson is your starter. I don't think Florida's brought a quarterback since Jeff Driscoll. Um, because they've up. always had sort of a quarterback battle, even if you didn't think it was a quarterback battle. Sure. Um, I don't but think Felipe came. Felipe, was Felipe? Yeah, Felipe oh, Felipe went. was at. Uh, he did. Okay, all right. So, the, the, but only two since Jeff Driscoll and Felipe. Felipe would have went in nineteen after the eighteen season. Okay, but not many. Not many. <laughs> not many. But a lot of quarterbacks there. Um, so that's interesting to me. Um, I think. Uh, we'll see. Billy handles the media well. I don't think this is it. He's not going to shine. Like, he's not going to be a, a Brett Bielma mm-hmm. um, or a Steve Spurrier. He's not going to be uh, even, um, shoot, I'm blanking on Missouri's coach's name, who just has, like, goofy Oh, Eli Drinkwitz. Eat Drinkwitz, yeah. yeah. Like, he's not going to steal the day with, like, a quip or a joke or something like that. He's going to go in, he's going to handle his business, and he's going to get out of there. Anthony Richardson will be interesting to see. What he gets asked, um, I, I definitely expect him to handle himself well. But um, between all the stuff he went through last year, yeah. some of the stuff this offseason, um, you know, it'd be, be his first time kind of being in the spotlight as QB1 for the Gators. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nick and I will be there. Uh, we will be on the ground uh, with live updates. Make sure you guys are subscribed to Gators Online. We will be you know, sharing some things that we heard in the halls, any scoops that that we find while we're uh, covering the event, and obviously a lot of stories to come from that as well. So um, appreciate Denny for joining us this week. And, uh, again, congrats to him for all the the work that he's done and kind of the way that he's um, come up here in the last 15 years. Um, It is a really inspiring story. So uh, we will be back next week from Atlanta to let you guys know how SEC Media Days went for the Gators. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.